We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, what is going on, everybody? How you doing? What's up? Welcome to... Uh, well, welcome to a pretty somber episode, quite frankly, of Talk Buffalo Podcast, part of the Blue Wire Network. You know, let me just start right here, man. I, I, I've been doing this podcast for nearly four years now, and I ain't gonna lie, this sucks today. This really sucks. I, I always try to approach this podcast, like, objectively, and, and I talk to listeners out there, like, I try to do it, like, as a sports talk guy, man, unbiased, an analyst even. But I, I, I can't do it today, man. I just, I, I can't. I'm a Buffalo Bills fan. And like most of you listening, I'm I'm stunned. I'm shocked. I'm, I'm disgusted. 13 seconds is a phrase that will be added to to Buffalo sports infamy forever now. Just like wide right and, and no goal and music city miracle, all that shit, man. Anyway, we'll be having many, many Buffalo Bills off-season shows and topics in the coming weeks, in the coming months. Uh, tons of stuff to dive into, lots of things to examine. We'll talk about the near future, the long-term future, the franchise, all that stuff. But for right now, man, we got to talk about Sunday. Uh, I got a list of about a dozen or so heartbreaking, mostly heartbreaking, gut-wrenching, season-ending Buffalo Bills takeaways. Uh, I'm joined right now by my friend and recurring guest, Joe from Queens. You know, I always start off saying, what's up, dude? You know how you doing? I'm pretty shitty, I would assume. Yeah, am I accurate to say that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, yeah, I don't. I, I I feel like I'm in like a like a, I just woke up from a coma and like it's The Walking Dead and like everyone's like just there's zombies on the streets right now. Like I just and I feel like I don't know. I don't. I'm not gonna say it's like it's not depression. It's just like I'm so like. Sunday was so emotionally draining. I mean, I'm bringing out I'm bringing out the scotch for this because I'm just like, but yeah, dude, that that was painful. That was really that I I described the game or like the last 13 seconds or whatever you want to call it. It was like dying. Like that's like that's just how it that's just how it felt. It felt like you were just you hear people when they are like, oh, I'm about to die. I was. You know, I got shot. It's like it's like the Sopranos episode. Like when like Tony was dead and he was on a coma and then he went to Tony B's like the Airbnb and whatever. And they were like trying to get him into the thing. Like that's what it felt. And he was like afterwards, he was like, I didn't want to go. That's all I wanted. I, that's all I remember. 
that's exactly what it was. Like, it was like, we are all going to die. And we were going into like the Airbnb in that episode where, where Tony was shot in a coma. Like, that's basically what it felt like. It, the difference, and we're going to jump into a bunch of things here. I would say as Joe's drinking his scotch right away, not wasting any time. The difference between this year and last year, and again, I want to get into more things specifically, but the overall sentiment, I think, from this year compared to last year is last year was kind of sadness and disappointment, but optimism. This year, I don't feel that way. I don't know how you feel right now, right now, at least the next day, and maybe as time goes on, I'll gain more perspective, but right now, my feeling is anger. I'm really angry. I'm angry specifically because of the way the game ended. And I, I don't want to say it was taken away from the Bills because this was self-inflicted. Forget about the overtime stuff, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But this was just self-inflicted. And again, we'll get into some of those top, topics specifically. But generally speaking, is, is that what, if you can use one word to describe how you feel right now today, the next day, what we're taping, it's about 24 hours or so after that game ended. My word would be angry, straight up. And I know that's not like the most... You know, it's not the fanciest word to say, but I am. That's what I am. I'm angry. Like, if you can use one word right now to describe your mood, what would it be? Dead. <laughs> I mean, I'm serious. I'm yeah. just like. All right, just, it's not yeah, funny. I, it's just like, I just feel like dead inside. Like, and, and yeah, anger. I definitely was angered. I think I was angry on Monday morning, maybe Sunday night. And now I'm just like, like, it's more like morning. <laughs> like, my God, like this, this ended the way it did. Um. I think if anything I took away from last year to this year is I would rather lose in a blowout yeah. than have to go through that. Give me like last year's Chiefs game sucked at the end. I was like, oh, like even if it was a divisional round, I've been like, well, these guys, these these idiots, like whatever. Like losing like that is way worse than losing like in a blowout. I agree. Like, that and that 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 just cemented it even further. Like for me, if I ever like you know we talk about Super Bowl twenty five or whatever, like. Versus the other three Super Bowls, that was always obviously worse because of how they lost. It, it, this reaffirms that, like the way, you know, it just sucks. Like I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, I, I I see people with the whole like, oh, the the future is bright, and, 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 and it's like, yeah, I know, okay, but like, let me be miserable for yeah. like a week, two weeks, a month. I'm not watching any football. I mean, I'm going, to, I'm going to St. Lucia for my honeymoon, so I won't be watching any of that championship game. But even if I was stuck here. Rigid Queens. I would not be watching Championship Sunday. I'm not. I'm not watching the Super Bowl. Like fuck that. I'm not watching any of that this year. I'm done. I'm done with football until September or March. And then I don't even care about. Like I do not want to see a pigskin unless I'm eating it. Okay. And that's it. <laughs> I'll say this much. All right. I'm not going to go that far. I'm sure by the weekend I'll probably at least watch. But to your point, right now. And by the way, for everybody who's listening to this podcast and. And what happened, if you happen to be watching it on YouTube right now, thank you very much. I do appreciate it. That said, I'm going to be completely honest with everyone who's listening. I want nothing to do with sports talk right now, personally. Like, I did not touch ESPN or NFL Network or Fox, Fox Sports, any of that shit. None of it. Have no interest in it. WGR, with respect to, you know, to all those guys here locally, I just, I'm not ready to, to hear it. I'm not ready to see it. And uh, it's probably the last thing I should be saying when I have my own sports podcast right now, but I'm just being truthful. That's, that's where I am. And I agree with you hundred percent, by the way, I would rather the bills have gotten blown out because then I could sit here and say, well, 
they need to do this. They need to get better. They need this. They need that. And I still think they need some, some help. And maybe we'll talk about that a little bit, but none of that matters, man. It, it was there. It was there. It was there in the habit. Again, self-inflicted taken away is just leaves me really uh, empty and angry. And I want to jump right now into some takeaways. We'll spend maybe a couple of minutes more on some than others, but we'll start on the bright side. Okay. Because dude, Josh Allen is everything we hoped that he would be. I remember, you know, I've been doing this show for four years now. So, and I started in the spring of 2018 and I remember you'd come on with me and Josh Allen got drafted a couple months after this podcast started and it felt like forever. It was the Tyrod Taylor and Peterman and Kyle Ord and all these guys, all these people, Trent Edwards, it felt like the greatest achievement in the history of, of the franchise to throw for 300 yards. Now that's the expectation. I mean, that's just, sometimes that's just an okay game uh, for Josh Allen, but I wouldn't, and we've had this podcast in fact a year ago or so. I remember you were on the show. We did a list of guys I would trade or we would trade Josh Allen for. Right now, that list for me, honest to God, Joe, it, it's zero. It's zero. I will run with this dude all day. I'm not saying that he's better than Patrick Mahomes, but I will say that I'm happy with what I got. I wouldn't trade him for anything. And if there were any doubts, if there were any lingering questions about this guy playing hero ball and all this stuff, if nothing else, if there's one positive thing we could take away from this playoff run right now, if you want to call it a run, uh, I think the Bills are set up for as long as Josh Allen is the quarterback, you have a chance, okay? And he was everything we could have hoped for and more. He exceeded our expectations, which I think were pretty high to begin with. That's what I'm getting at here. He was, he was unbelievable. That Kansas City game, that was iconic. That was legendary. And had the Bills won, we'd be talking about that game for years. For the right reasons, not the wrong ones. <laughs> They're going to be talking about that for the wrong reasons. For the wrong yeah. reasons. Yeah. I mean, Josh Allen was a beast. He was awesome. Uh, I don't know if I would go as far as to say, like, like I wouldn't take him over anyone else. I think Mahomes, I would probably take Mahomes over him. But that's not like we're, we're arguing lobsters versus crabs, you know. Yeah, it's not a diss. You're not You know, it's him. not. Yeah, like, you know, but like, that's why I felt for that. I mean, it, it, it felt like a little bit after like the Tampa Bay game where he Josh Allen brought us back from the brink of like losing and you know you felt horrible for him because the defense and other things let him down in that Tampa game and yesterday you know the sun, Sunday's game was a hundred times worse like in terms of that it was it, and that's where I, I felt like I just felt terrible for him because he he played he played gutsy and he is a gunslinger and what he did and the, the progression he's he's had is just it's 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 like the AMC stock from like last year where it was like $4 when he first got drafted and then it skyrocketed to 75. And, and he's just been, he's been lights out and it's, and I think he, he could go down as he can go down. as like the, the, he keeps doing this. He could go down as the best bill of all time. Yeah. Like I, I mean that like, you know, in this era, he's just, you, the window is, is open, you know, for, for the bills. Now with that being said, you know, we could talk about the future is bright and all that sort of the jazz, and I get that. But every every Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, you have where that window's open and you're going to championship games. There's also Philip Rivers. There's also like Matt Ryan, guys who are studs, like arguably could be Hall of Famers, maybe. And like I think of Philip Rivers, who I think was like the best quarterback out of that draft class. I think he was better than Roethlisberger in totality. I think he was better than Eli, and. 
Uh, he had the same little like start of his career where he like boom boom he went to the AFC Championship game. It was like this guy's gonna be great and he's gonna be here forever. And he never sniffed like the AFC Championship game after his what fourth or fifth year when they lost to New England in two thousand seven. And like that wor- that worries me a little bit. So you could sit there and go like that th- that does happen, you know. I mean I think if anything you have you have the cornerstone, you have the foundation with Josh Allen that you can build. You know, he's he's he is the the Atlas, if you will. He is the star of this team, and um, yeah, he was he was he was great. I mean, it's what he did. He play, he it was. I mean, his numbers for the postseason are incredible for two games. Like he's going to be like in the top. He's going to be like highest the top. quarterback rating, Joe, in the history of the postseason. In the history, the entire history, his two games just now, he had the highest quarterback rating in the history of professional football in the playoffs. He was literally perfect against the Patriots. Seven drives, seven touchdowns. And Kansas City, I mean, he he had moments where the offense struggled, but when push came to shove, when all the chips were in and the game was on the line, he was perfect again when he had to be. 27 to 37, 329 yards, four touchdowns. And he had, what, 68 yards rushing on 11 carries. Brought the Bills down twice in two with the one last five minutes for touchdowns. When Kansas City went up with a minute two left, I'm like, this is over. You know, it was fun run. And then they he brings them down again. Just absolutely. And he did a lot of it himself. That fourth and four run conversion that he had where he left three guys jumping around. It was unbelievable. And last year's championship loss, there were a lot of takeaways that we had at the time. And part of it was Josh Allen. Josh Allen was just okay last year. There's zero accountability for Josh Allen right now based on what he did in the playoffs. And the offense didn't look good for a lot of the year. But again, when it mattered most, that's got to be the best, the the biggest bright spot. Yes. You know, I mean, I I took that bright spot. I mean, look, we could talk about like, is a year of failure because they didn't make it to the to the title game or whatever, or like they didn't make the title game, all that sort of stuff. And yeah, you can view it that way if you want, and I understand that. But like the bright spots, it's a bright spot is Josh Allen. Like last year, his like finishing second in MVP, it was not a Carson Wentz like awesome season or whatever that he went downhill afterwards. Like he's here to stay. Okay, as long as they like got him weapon, he's I believe like he is gonna he is a quarterback you can win su- a Super Bowl with easily. Yeah. Yeah. And like that, and that's something what we haven't had in God knows, I don't you know, since Kelly, obviously, but like they can keep the, the, the windows, the window is going to be there. Like if they just got it, they got to keep, they got to add a couple of players and I'm sure we'll get into that whole, whole st- that stuff. But as long as he's there, like that's the bright, that's the bright spot of the year. Like it was not an anomaly last year. Like he, in certain games, he was like the last two games, I, the last two weeks in the playoffs, he was lights out. I'll tell you this much as hopefully anyway, as time goes on and we put this game further and further in the rear view. And I feel like I'm never going to feel good about football again right now. And you just, you're drinking scotch and you refuse to watch any more football for the rest of the season. So you've made where you're at pretty self, uh, really clear there. I will say though, as a football fan, watching Mahomes and Allen do battle, like say, if you don't have a horse in the race, like we have a horse in the race, obviously, but if you don't and you just watch football, those two going at it, it was, if there was one cool thing about Twitter post game, it was all these national 
media people, fans, players around the league, just raving about Mahomes and Allen. And I talked about it on the podcast with Joe Yerden earlier this last week about this being the new Peyton Manning, uh, Tom Brady rivalry. It certainly looks like it. I mean, these two guys were just going back and forth and it was just, it was so cool. And I'm bringing it up on screen if people are watching right now, but it was really cool to see Mahomes kind of make a beeline for Josh Allen right after the game, right after Kansas City scored and give him a big hug, man. I mean, these two guys are probably, I don't know if they're the best two quarterbacks in the game right now today, necessarily, if Josh Allen's top two, because you still have Aaron Rodgers and Brady. But in terms of young, talented quarterbacks that are going to play against each other for years, this is this was as good as it gets. Again, as a it's just as a fan of football, if you could take away the emotion from it, what, what a treat this was for, for fans just to see them two going at it, ain't it? Yeah. It, it was, you want to say like Manning versus Brady. It was like it was like Kobe versus Jordan in like 1998 yeah. or something like that. Like, you know, it was it was it's LeBron versus Durant. That's what it felt like. I don't know if it's going to be like the future. I think there's a lot of there's a lot of great young quarterbacks in this league right yeah. now, man. Like, there are. That's, that, and that's going to be that's going to be like where you got to keep you can't be resting on your laurels and like and thinking like, well, they just got to roll, roll it back again. Like but like. Yes, right now he's a top, you know, I, I think he's a top three quarterback sure. right now. I agree a hundred percent. And I'll tell you what, the love fest portion of this podcast is definitely over because <laughs> they lost, man. And I'm gonna tell you right now. Um I said I'm angry. You're drinking scotch here. Coaching matters, okay? And I, that's where I want to go with this next point here. Coaching matters, and for lack of a better term, the coach is literally gagged away that last 13 seconds. We could talk about like, again, you have wide right and you have no goal and all these other plays. Those were freak fluke plays. Well, not flukes, but like, you know, Scott Ward Norwin missing a field goal was one play. The the no goal, Brett Hull, the 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 lateral that was, was it really lateral? Whatever. Fluke plays, freak plays, whatever you want to call them. This was a series of three consecutive, absolutely mind-blowing, stupid, idiotic, horrible coaching decisions. And that's why the Buffalo Bills are not playing football this week. No matter all the other stuff, all the other things that we might get into today, the Buffalo Bills win this football game or not for three straight consecutive horrible coaching decisions. A, kicking the ball off to the end zone and not taking any time off the clock. And then B, the next two plays on defense, Leslie Frazier had, coming off timeouts, by the way, Leslie Frazier dials up two coverages that literally looked like they were designed with the Bills having a four-point lead and not a three-point lead. Like, Kansas City needed a touchdown to tie or win the game. They gave them, literally gave them, a free 45 yards. The first down play, and I'm going to tell you right now, I, I'm going to bring this up. Now, only people who uh, could see or, or on YouTube could see this, Joe, but quickly here, because I don't want to ruin it for people who are listening, but I'm showing you a graphic right now with 13 seconds left. Kansas City's got the ball to 25-yard line, first and 10, the two linebackers are literally 15 yards pre-snap away from the line of scrimmage, and the safeties are more than 25 yards off the line. That's on first down with 13 seconds left. And then with eight seconds left, after Tyreek Hill catches, what, a 19-yard pass? Travis Kelsey is by himself. No receiver on that side of the field. Levi Wallace is on him, and they did not touch Travis Kelsey. They let, they let him get a free release right off the line of scrimmage, and sure enough, he beats Levi Wallace, one-on-one, -on -one, inside seam, ball game right there. How, how does that happen? 
If anything, and people are talking about it on Twitter and, and Facebook, and they're right, Joe. Tackle his ass at the line of scrimmage. Tackle him, literally. Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, as soon as the ball snap, tackle him. Take the five-yard penalty. They got to run at least four or five seconds before the play's over. They get five yards in this last play of the game. It's Hail Mary time. That was the most inexcusable, pathetic display of football coaching in crunch time that I've ever seen in the history of this franchise. I've never seen worse coaching than I've seen in the last 13 seconds. And we'll start with the special teams and work our way to Leslie Frazier. That's why I'm angry right now. I'll, I'm going to work a little bit back for that sequence. Sure. Like, so when I was watching the game, and it was like that last two minutes was insane. It was just a heart attack times 25. When, when, when the Bills scored a touchdown, like what, what was it, like fourth and 12, I thought to myself, they're, the, the Chiefs are going to score here. The Chiefs are going to go down the field. They're going to score. Mm -hmm. Like they're going to send it to overtime or whatever. And when Hill scored on that sixty yards, I was like, "This is perfect." I'm like, "There's a minute left." Minute two. They got three. Minute two. They got three timeouts left. I am totally cool with like this. They they're going to score with no time left, and it's going to be great. They're going to win. Perfect. Boom, boom, boom. They score touchdown. I'm like, this game is over. Okay, and for what they did, I mean, you just kind of cleared it out and them over in X's and O's, like, what the hell were they doing in coverage? I'll just, you know, with the whole the timeout situation, they, they, the fact that they called those, they, they defended it as if the Chiefs didn't have any timeouts. Mm -hmm. That's why they're, like, covering the sidelines. It's like, dudes, like, what are you doing in no that? No sense. No no sense whatsoever. And it was it was just, to me, I it was I was once they got into field goal range and they, they, they it was over. I was like they're done. Like and the rest was just a fog. Like I was literally like it's over. But for what they did, and like you know that that's on coaching. You're right. It's on coaching. It's on the player. It it's it was a choke job. That thirteen. It was choke. It was choke city. That does not happen. I don't. You can have freaking Alabama or Ohio State or whoever and put them in that situation against the Chiefs, that's not happening. And they they just completely it, it that is it's a fireable offense. And I'm not saying they're not gonna do it, but like it's one of those, my God, like get your heads out of your asses moments. Let me that was that was insane. That does not happen. And it was embarrassing. It was that 13 seconds was embarrassing. Like, let, let me say this, Joe. I, I am a firm believer. I always, at least I have been, that for me, what's the saying? It's not about the X's and the O's. It's about the Johnny's and the Joe's. I've always felt that way. I don't like blaming coaches, just like I don't like blaming officials, okay? But in this case, in this scenario, those last 13 seconds, I blame 100% the coaches and 0% the players. Now, sure, could they have somebody have made a play out there? Of course, somebody beats a guy, somebody makes a play. But those two receptions that Kansas City got, those last two plays, they were, there was no defense. They were literally in a prevent None. defense. That was the was... coach's call. That's Leslie Frazier calling two of the back-to-back -back worst. Again, you just said it perfect, man. He is literally defending the sidelines like Kansas City had no timeouts. So that's your big mistake. And then, again, it felt to me like the Bills were playing a defense, and we just looked at the graphics a minute ago, 20, 25 yards back, the linebackers and the safeties. It felt to me like the Bills 
it almost felt like Leslie Frazier thought they were up by four and not three, and that a field goal wasn't going to tie the game for the Chiefs. It's just, it's absolutely maddening, man. It is. And I'm going to be, you know, taking one step further too, okay? Leslie Frazier, look, that's a, that's a fireable offense. And, and it's ironic because, you know, last week I'm talking about the guy, I hope he gets a head coaching job. He could be deserving of being a head coach, but that's fireable. You lost the game because of that. You lost the game because of that. And how much, I guess, so as we transition from Leslie Frazier, going over to Sean McDermott, man, I mean, look, I like Sean McDermott in a lot of ways. He's a, he's a good character guy. He's brought a good culture to the Buffalo Bills. There's no question about it. But at the same token, this is a man who was three years in a row now. He has yet to win a single game in the playoffs on the road. That's one. Number two, it seems to be in big moments in close games, he starts coaching to not lose as opposed to being aggressive. In this Kansas City game, in the first quarter, the Buffalo Bills went for it twice on fourth down. Later in the game, when the game got tight and Kansas City was up a little bit, they punted on fourth and four from their own 49. They punted on fourth and one from their own 34. Both times, Kansas City took those drives after punts, and both times, they scored touchdowns. And then last point about Sean McDermott, and this got, it's got to come down to coaching a little bit here, Joe. The Buffalo Bills this year, for as good as they were, they blew out teams by 12 or more points 12 times this year, most in the NFL. At the same token, six times this year, the Buffalo Bills had a one-score game. Six times, the Buffalo Bills lost this year. 0-6 in one-score games. To me, that's like, all right, the game is tight, and the Bills are making some form of mistake, whether it's a lack of preparation or execution, and it's a little bit of both. Some of this on the players, obviously, except for yesterday, except for Sunday, because that's 100% on coaching. Like, where, how did you, did you not practice this during the week where Kansas City might need a field goal in the last handful of seconds with different scenarios? It looked like the Bills didn't know what they were doing out there. It's just, it's infuriating, and it's maddening. And Leslie Frazier is the main culprit, and he deserves a hell of a lot of criticism. But I'm sorry, man. Sean McDermott deserves a lot, too. Because first of all, you're the CEO, you're the head coach of the football team, so you're responsible for everything. If you have a job and you're a manager of a department, you're responsible for shit, man. If somebody else Fs up, that's on you, right? As a manager? Well, yeah, he's the CEO. Him, but he, and he's also the defensive co- Like, his background is defense. Yeah. So if you're going to get him on the Leslie, it's like, what the hell were you doing in that? Whole the whole thing, it, it, was a, it, it was the moment got too big for them. Again, it was a fucking choke job. It was a choke job. It's that, happened I, many times too. Yeah, and it's it, they've they've had these weird moments with game management where their their first drive of the game, Pat, they go for it twice on fourth down, like balls of steel. Good for you. Yeah. People have been complaining about them not doing this. Josh Allen challenges like like let's do this, let's go for it. Like in other games, and McDermott's like, no, we gotta kick a field goal and all this. And then you pull that bullshit in the second quarter where you're punting it from like the 34 or 40, whatever that was, and then like. You know those those situations like they they sometimes like maybe follow your charts a little bit more. You know instead of just doing the whole feel for the game or I, I don't know what that that whole thing entailed. But it's just like dude, like you have to be a little bit more consistent. Like just have balls. You got Josh Allen back there. Like go for it on fourth down more. Like, you have him back here, and then with the the, the Frazier thing at the end, I, I that that's that was just. The moment was too big for for the for McDermott for the defense for Frazier moment they that again that was a fucking joke job a choke job choke job that's it like put a damn like if the Chiefs want to be dicks their fans make a shirt called 13 seconds of choke 
That's what it was. It was 13 seconds of a choke job. Choke. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, I'm back with Joe from Queens. We're going over some Buffalo Bills season-ending takeaways. A Again, a heartbreaking, a, a gut-wrenching loss to the Kansas City Chiefs that, quite frankly, just should have never happened. And we both agree that th- this is coaching. This one is on coaching. There's no ifs, ands, and buts about it. But anyway, players got to play. And I think for the first time this year, for sure, Trey White being gone, Really, really hurt him. Now, he hurt him a little bit in Tampa, I thought, at least for that first half, Tampa Bay's offense. You know, a bunch of skilled position players, Tom Brady, and they kind of ate the Bills' defense up. That wasn't just on Levi Wallace and Dane Jackson. The whole defense didn't come to play. This week, this was a rough week, man. This was a rough week for for Levi Wallace. And so I'm kind of tying two points together here. This is the first week that I think they really, really lamented the loss of Trey White. And also Levi Wallace, a guy who I thought had a pretty damn good season and I thought was turning into a a legitimate number one corner. I got to be honest with you, Joe, the biggest stage and this was not a good game. I think think Levi Wallace, who's going to be a free agent, who signed a one-year contract last year for just $1.2 million, I think Levi Wallace cost himself some money in, in free agency this year. But anyway, man, I mean, Trey White is a Pro Bowl corner, and I thought the Bills kind of got a little bit lucky this year, man. I mean, after he went down again, with the exception of Tom Brady, they played Matt Jones three times. They played uh, Zach Wilson, another rookie. They played Cam Newton, who you know I think about him. I think he's trash, especially when it comes to throwing the football. And Matt Ryan's washed up. They really didn't have a lot of stiff competition in his absence. They did. On Sunday, Pat Mahomes, Tyreek Hill had 10, what, 10 catches for 150 yards. Now, to be fair, he did that a lot of that against Trey White last year, too, in the, in the AFC Championship game. But they weren't up to the task, man. They, they really, really 
um, were hurt by by the Trey White injury in this game. You know, I agree with that, but I'm not giving them a pass on that because you know what, I I I have been sitting here on this podcast. I don't know. This is my two billionth episode. Who the hell knows at this point? I have talked about. I do. I've not bought into this defense when they go against elite offenses, and this just reinforced it. And before you say like, well, the Trey White thing, Mahomes destroyed them in the playoffs last year with Trey White. He, he they, the Chiefs got 453 three yards in offense in the regular season game last year in, in Buffalo with shitty fucking rain. I, you know, I, yes, it hurt a little bit, sure, but you know what? That first game, the, the Chiefs still threw a, a bunch of yards in that game as well. I think. Overall, this the whole de- the defense is just overrated. It's, I'm sorry, they have they have. I know people don't want to hear about oh, you, you can't control who you play during the regular season. You're right, you can't. But you know what? In the playoffs, you got to play great offenses. Okay, that's the teams that are going to the playoffs, and it proved that they they gave up so many. What they gave up maybe 500 yards in offense. <laughs> yes, and on Sunday, yeah. the, the the Buccaneers 500 yards. This is an, an, a defense that I actually kind of. I know I'm t- I'm taking a dump on them, and I think they deserve it because they're it's it's a defense that I think if this was ten years ago and the Bills rolled out this roster, they the Bills would be a fifteen and one team because the, the I I think defense then was more important than it is today. They have put so much money into this defense, draft picks, capital. It's like I saw this I I looked this up today. I think they have like seven first or second round picks on the front seven. Like either picks from them or original, you know, like Star or Jerry Hughes, guys like that. And on the offense, you know how many first, first and second rounders they have on offense? Two. That's it. Two. Deion Dawkins and Josh Allen. They they have tried to build complementary football, and I'm telling you, it's not going to work when you go against the Chiefs. You have to outscore them. And the Bills defense, it was number one. They were paper champions. I'm sorry. They were. They beat up a bunch of shitty bums. That's what it is. I'll, I'll do the Mickey from Rocky Three. They were scabs or whatever the hell he said, like in that thing when he was yelling at Rocky about the hand-picked champions. You know, <laughs> like that's what it was. I'm sorry. You cannot – I'm not asking them to like shut down the Chiefs 38-3 to or something like that. You have to slow them down. I'm not throwing a freaking parade because they got some stops in the third and fourth quarter. And like that's it. The money, the investment they put into this thing, they drafted that entire draft class last year was basically to stop Patrick Mahomes, and they didn't stop them. Yeah. And maybe next year, look, they got some young guys on the defensive line. They got L. Oliver, Rousseau. I think those guys are very good. I think they're going to get better. But, again, it's the, it's the nature of the, the game right now. It's, it's just like you just don't – I would not bother investing in it anymore. I would just invest in, like, offensive doom. Like get more, just keep building the offense, man. Because they try to do it, and when they go against a great offense, they get toasted. Tell me a game. Like I looked this up before we came on, and I looked at their schedule this year. Do you know how many times they played a team that was in the bottom, like but that was ranked in points scored between twentieth and thirty second? Nine times. Nine times they played. They played because like the Dolphins' offense was terrible. The Jets' offense was terrible. The Jags terrible. All of these terrible offenses they played this year. And you know who the top-tier offense they win against this year? The Titans. How many points did they give up against the Titans? Like 35, and Henry ran for 2 billion yards. The Buccaneers, freaking 500 yards in offense. And the Chiefs. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm, 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 I'm sorry to be – I'm over No, you're – listen. If I'm you're, over it. You, and, all, and all those people who sit there 
and they like try to tell me about the film and watch Tremaine Edmonds, who was not good yesterday at all. He got torched. They played his ass. Like, sorry. Like this, it, it's oh, it's it's done. Like you know, you don't. You can shit on box score scouting all you want, but at the end of the day, like you, when they go against the bottom line is when they go against a top offense, a passing team, they get shelled. They get shelled. It has been that way since 2018. It has been that way. Go look at the games. Go look what they do against Mahomes. They've been like it's 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 just it's just it's just let's next year they got, they got Aaron Rodgers coming. To I got I got to I got to I got to stop ahead. you because you're on a t- on a tangent. However, I there's a lot of validity to what you're saying. You are right because numbers don't lie, and this is a defense. Whether people want to hear it or not, that did feast on a lot of rookie quarterbacks and quite frankly a lot of chumps. To your point, and also to your credit. You have been saying for the majority of this year, if not the entirety of this year, that this defense is overrated. And look, when push comes to shove, the good offenses they played, they failed pretty miserably. They looked really good in week five at Kansas City on Saturday night when they won, but that was not the Kansas City Chiefs that we came to see later in the season. They were very bad against Tennessee on Monday Night Football. They were horrifically bad against the Indianapolis Colts. I mean, they got absolutely cremated and dominated. The first half against Tampa Bay was just absolutely deplorable. And this game was probably their worst effort of the uh, of the entire season, man. So you're talking four failures right there. That doesn't happen to premier defenses. And sure, they were number one in the NFL, all the stats. But in that case, you know what? Again, when you're playing the Houston Texans and the, and the New York Jets and the Atlanta Falcons of the world, you're going to have good numbers. When push came to shove, this defense and, failed And again, them. Pat, it, and it's not about, like, it's the league. I blame the league. This is just how it is. Like, I don't think, like, eight out of ten times an elite offense is going to beat an elite defense. It's just how it works. Yes, you have your anomaly, like, oh, great, you could play. Well, look, the Packers, they lost to the 49ers because their defense is really good. Yes, you have that anomaly. It does happen, but it's rare. It is. I agree. And that's and that's where I think a top tier defense, whoever was number two, I don't know who number the number two defense was, but I bet you if they played against the Chiefs, they would get crushed. You know, mm-hmm. they would lose. That just this is it's just how the game. You know, you don't and and you just it's just it's just, it's, a, it's a fast break league now. It's fast paced. It's all about offenses, and you could you can roll out the two thousand Baltimore Ravens right now in their prime. And I bet you they get burned. Probably. It's just, the, it's it's a just different the league. The way the league is just different now. And it's just like they need to like I think whenever we get to the offseason portion of this podcast, they they we need ain't to gonna go get to know I'm not ready. I am not ready well, whatever. to the talk about is, the offseason. Fine. The point I, is I think they have to <laughs> they have to reassess their assets and go more like go on more on the offense. Even though the offense is great, but like just I I don't disagree with assets, you. I don't disagree with assets. you. But no matter what we say and what how critical we are of players, and you're right. I'm not saying you're wrong. You are right. But at the end of the day, this is a football team that we're not, and I will keep referencing this and going back to it time and time again, we're not for three consecutive, mind-blowing, brain-dead coaching decisions. We're talking about uh, AFC Championship game in Orchard Park next week. Through all the shit that the defense, you know, all the mistakes they made, all the big plays they gave up, they still should be playing for a championship. And I will refuse to put that on anything else except the coaches. But to your point, you talked about, and this is another takeaway I have here. 
you talked about this offseason was built to beat the Chiefs, and it was. And they used not just the first round, but it, both their first two round picks on defensive ends. They signed F.A. Obata. They gave, they restructured Mario Addison's deal so they didn't have to cut him. This team put a lot of assets into the, the pass rush and the defensive end position, and it was not good enough on Sunday. Mahomes got sacked twice. Neither was by a defensive end, though, I don't believe. I know Ed Oliver had one. I can't remember who had another one. It, it was a corner. I think it was Teron Johnson, but not enough pressure. And you look at the stats for this year. Addison had seven sacks to lead the team. No one else had five. And Jerry Hughes, and you talk about, this is where I do have a problem. Like you talk about the film stuff with Tremaine Edmonds. And I kind of bought into some of that. I mean, he is better. You got bullied into buying I into that. I did not get bullied. You got bullied because all the Stop podcasters, it. Bills love him. Stop it. Stop they all it. Wanna, they're a cult of weirdos. Stop you got, it. You got bullied into it. Listen. I'm going to take it. You got bullied into it. Listen. Listen. Jerry Hughes is a guy that I will. I'll say this. I don't care about win rates. I don't care about pressures. I care about getting home and, and, and getting the quarterback. Drives are killed because quarterbacks get sacked. Jerry Hughes, and I like him, and he's been, I think, what, a decade? He had two sacks this year, man. Two sacks. That's not good enough. I don't care what his win rate is. I don't care how many hits he had. I don't care how many pressures he had. Dude had two sacks. Straight up, not good enough. And uh, Rizzo, who I do like, I agree with you. I think he does got a good future. But, you know, he started out strong. He had, like, three sacks right away or something. He had one sack in his last 13 or 14 games. That's it. So the pass rush this year, which was, again, an area that they spent a lot of resources during the offseason, they made it their number one priority, but it did not do anything on Sunday to slow down the Kansas City Chiefs. That is a, that's a negative, and that's concerning to me. I'm actually going to disagree with you on that a little bit. I actually thought the pass rush was there. The problem was Mahomes was, too, was super elusive. He just kept avoiding everyone. I thought they. Got, I I think at the end they were completely gassed and they were done. But like for the most, like for most of the first half, I thought they got in his face. He just he was just elusive. That was it. Like he was he looked like Fran Tarkenton out there. Yeah, he was never, good. I, he was really good at avoiding. But like yes, overall they need. If you want to address the defense, I'm I'm a, of, of this mindset of like you, fine, go give me an edge rusher. Like like go give me an established ed, like. The, Addressing Joe, addressing the defense and fixing the defense are two different things. The Bills addressed the position. I don't think that they fixed the position. But yeah, they they I think they went the route of youth, which is fine. Like they have Boogie and they have Rousseau. Maybe they're gonna be good. I you know, we like, but I'm talking like do what the Rams did. Go get Von Miller. Like, go get like an established guy out there who is like, okay, this guy's gonna come in here, he's got a great resume. Let's do, like, you know, that's what they need. They need just a stuff, like, go give a second round pick to someone and get their best defensive end. That's a good you segue. Know, that's a great segue you know. because that's a takeaway that I have as well. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, oh, thanks. I think, I think that Brandon Bean, standing Pat this year near the, near the trade deadline hurt. This was a team that was, it was obvious that the Bills were going to be a Super Bowl contender this year. And they had a lot of injuries. Now, Trey White was still healthy at the time, but. They didn't do anything at the trade deadline. The, the offensive line was in shambles. The guard position was in shambles. And Brandon Bean did nothing. And we knew that cornerback could be a problem if Trey White got hurt. And sure enough, he did. But he did nothing at corner. Um, the defensive line, they could have used some help there. 
another pass rusher. Because A.J. Epinesa, it became obvious quite early in his second year, he wasn't going to give him much this year. F.A. Obata was not what we hoped he was going to be. He had his moments. Just so did A.J., but there, there was no consistency with these guys. Boogie Basham didn't even play half the games. Why do you not go out and get a pass rushing defensive end? You know you're going to need it against the Kansas City Chiefs. The Bills elected to not do that. A guy like Odell Beckham was out there. Now, look, there's nothing wrong with the offense, so it's hard to criticize any of that. But, you know, Brandon Bean staying pat at the at the trade deadline, I, I thought that was a little bit detrimental. And I like Brandon Bean. He deserves a lot of credit. But dude is not flawless. And I think in this case, he should have been more aggressive than he was. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I definitely do. I mean, again, I'm bring up the Rams again. They go out and they get Odell Beckham. Von Miller. Miller. They're, they're not resting on laurels. And I know there's excuses like, oh, the cap and all these this stuff about like that. You know, look, you could I don't know how big this window is. As I as I said before, it could be it could be Philip Rivers or it could end up being like, you know, Roethlisberger. I don't know, like going to multiple Super Bowls. But sometimes you gotta you gotta act like every year is like the last time you can do something. And they ran it back, and guess what? It didn't work. Yeah, I agree. It, it didn't. It didn't work. I mean, sorry. I mean, doesn't mean like the world. The, the world sucks, and then like we're horrible. The, we're horrible or anything like that. It didn't work. Yeah. And I think they have to look at like how much do you want to do it? How aggressive do you want to be next year? Yeah. And I think they'll. And I think you have to look into the. They need another. They need on either side of the ball, another Stefan Diggs trade. Like whether it's on the defensive line. Whether it's another wide receiver or another tight end, I don't care. Like, they need one more difference maker. They need another difference maker. You're doing okay. it. You're doing it. You're talking off season already. I'm well, not I'm ready for it. <laughs> well, I'm just saying that's what they they need. I mean, I I, look, I do. I listen. Listen, you you. But do. yeah, he needs to, He needs to look. He 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 should have made some moves. He yeah. didn't, and that and that's why we're. And you could say and look. It goes back to like, and you just keep saying that, like the 13 seconds. Like they they stopped at 13 seconds, they're probably going to the Super Bowl. You know, yeah. they're probably beating the Bengals. And then we're not talking about Brandon being needed to do on any other shit. But Agreed. Like, that's just that's just the horror of it. Like it, anger. It, it goes of, it goes back to being angry. Like I well, said, I, I'm not that. even depressed. I'm not sad. I'm I'm legitimately angry right now because the coaches directly costed this team a birth in AFC championship. No one's gonna tell me otherwise. To your point, and I do want to circle back to the Bills window in a minute. I want to fly through two other takeaways I have. One of them is, is another good one, and that's Gabe Davis is, uh, he's arrived, man. He, he he put the league on notice. The league knows about him now. We knew about him. Eight catches, 201 yards, four touchdowns. He had two catches for 41 yards and a touchdown last week against New England. Last year against the Colts in the playoffs, he had a couple huge catches. This guy, now you said the Bills during the offseason, and I'll fall for your trap here a little bit. I, I will say that they could sign, they should sign someone else, but they don't need to worry about WR2. That shit's taken care of. Stefan Diggs and Gabe Davis are your top two receivers next year. You don't need to spend heavy resources on a star receiver because you already have one. Gabe Davis is really good, and I get why Emmanuel Sanders early in the year played more than him. He's a 34-year-old guy, a veteran, a very good player. But as the season went on, especially once he got the opportunity, we saw what Gabe Davis could do. He's here to stay, dude. His days of being a part-time rotational third or fourth guy, that shit's over, I think. 
I agree with that. He needs to be in the top three. Like when they go, they go three wide receivers. Like he needs to be in that. Like yeah. no more of this. Like he switches with Cole Beasley or whatever the hell they do normally or Sanders. I agree with that. I would not rest on that though. I would definitely still. I know I'm talking about the off season, but through you, this is my podcast too because I'm on it. Um, I would definitely still like to add another one. But yes, he was a stud yesterday. I'm not he's, against it. <laughs> yes, but he's he's a stud. He does a lot of. He does. I think he's. He's kind of like this, like he gets the, the dirty like the dirty like like catches and then like you know seventy eight yards out he's a deep threat you know he did a lot of great stuff and, and he's only in his second year he so broke that dude's ankles too on that one on that route yeah, oh was, my god that was, was sick and that's where you know I can I definitely was bitching about this on Twitter like during the game it's like feed Stephon Diggs you idiots and it's like yes they should have had him more but like when you have stefan diggs and they're worrying about him this is where gabriel davis is just wide open they weren't even covering him they were so worried about diggs at times they weren't even covering him i know a lot of people out there are saying well stefan diggs three catches for seven yards that sucks yeah you want more production out of him yeah and if the bills had lost you and i talked about this a little bit previously the bills lost like say 17 13 we probably would be saying yo where was stefan diggs but they need him the offense was uh it was fine Quickly. Now, in fairness to me, I would feel the same way no matter what. I swear to God, because I've been saying this for years now. If this, if there was ever a game, and I'm not saying it's going to, but I'm going to ask you this. If there was ever a game that would prompt the NFL to say, we need to change overtime rules, at least for the playoffs. I understand during a regular season, you got to keep games moving. There's one o'clock, there's four o'clock games. After the one o'clock games, there's a bunch of games. There ain't no games out in the playoffs except your game. Everything's on the line. The season's on the line. Again, going back to the football fans out there, not even Bills or Chiefs fans, just football fans that got to watch a showdown, an epic showdown between two stud quarterbacks and not see Josh Allen touch the football because he lost a coin flip and the defense couldn't stop him. It could have been the other way around. The Bills win the toss. The way they were looking, they're scoring a touchdown and Pat Mahomes never sees the ball. I I don't think that should ever be the case. So if there was ever, ever, a game in a case where that might prompt a rule change. Is this that game? And do you think there should be a rule change? I, I think there should be a rule change. I, I don't know how you would do it. Like if you do the college rules or you just, but I definitely think overtime. Guarantee like, a possession. In the, in the playoffs. Yeah, in the playoffs. Guarantee definitely. a possession. If the Chiefs we'll get the see. ball, score, the Bills get the ball no matter what. Or vice versa. Just, I'm just going to say this. this. The Chiefs tried to do this, the switch, uh, I think it was three years ago. It was right after the Patriots-Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Playoff where like the, the it's so when, same situation. Brady, yeah, Brady got the ball in 2018, and, went, and, and Mahomes never got to see the field. So it's happened to Mahomes in the yeah, playoffs. It's happened, and then now it's the Bills. But I think sometimes in those things where it's 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 really about who who has stroke in the league, kind of with the owners. Like is Jerry if Jerry Jones is on is on top of that, and he wants to switch that, I bet you he can convince people because he has a lot of clout in that league and. And so on and so forth. I don't know if the hunts and the pagulas, like people might be like, yeah, tough shit, you know, whatever. But there did there there did seem to be a lot of that with like ESPN and all those people wanting this to happen. Maybe that will motivate them. But yeah, it should be. I mean, it's it's. I would definitely do it. Like in terms of that, like, but, but knowing knowing and this is like the cynic in me thinking about like how we're like we're cursed and we're on a burial ground somewhere. This will happen next year, and then the Bills will, will get win the toy cost, go down the field, score, and then the other team will go back and score, and then they'll win somehow. And then we're like, great, they had to change the rule for us because we're fucking cursed, well, you know, in yeah. terms of that. But, yes, overall, yes, they should definitely change it. 
if if they don't do it for this one, I think it's going to take, as I said, like a major, a bigger team, like I said, like New England or Dallas or the you know a team where the owners have like a little bit more clout. That's how I feel. I could be completely wrong on that, but that's my take. On I don't know. I I I, I semi disagree. I think if the if it's not going to change after this game in the playoffs with well, these then two why, quarterbacks, why wouldn't it, wait? Well, why wouldn't it change two years ago with Mahomes agreed. and Brady? I don't think it's so going that, to. I don't oh, think it's so going to. Gonna... No, I okay. don't. Th- I don't think they're going to change it. Oh well, that, I hope I I'm wrong that's, though. That's well. I'm just telling you the same thing. Like mm-hmm. I, I think it only changes if like an owner with like legit power it happens to their team. Right. Like in the, in the next, like if it happened to Brady the other way around with Brady and Mahomes and Brady had to go home, I'm sure Kraft because he's a top five owner with power would have like he would have leaned on it and probably told told Terry that he's he let him borrow his super yacht if he votes like for it. Because like I think the Pagulas and I think the Hunts aren't they're down that chain a little bit where it's like you got you guys got kind of small markets you've only been in you know the Pagulas have been doing it for five six years the Hunts it's the son who took over I think five six years ago we'll see I don't know but I would like them to I think they should but I don't I don't it ha- I think we'll see I don't fucking know the owners are I don't know the owners they're just one percenters to me but one, they should they should do it one uh. One other thing I want to gloss over and then we'll finish up with like, we'll talk about that Bill's window thing is we don't think too much of it at the time. It's just a game. It's just a game. Listen, the regular season matters. Now, if I'm, if the biggest thing I'm angry about today is the the 13 seconds, which will remain number one, the thing I'm second angriest about is I look back to the regular season and had the Bills just beaten any of these teams, Pittsburgh at home. Tennessee, where Josh Allen slips at the end of the game on fourth and inches, or the goddamn Jacksonville Jaguars. If the Bills just win one of those three games, they are hosting that game on Sunday, and they're not at Arrowhead. And I truly believe in my heart of hearts, and I really, truly believe, and I'm not just saying it, I'm not being a homer, I'm not being a Bills fan here. I truly think if that game was in Orchard Park, I think the Bills not only win that game, I think they probably win that game resoundingly. I think they were... I think they were a better football team than the Chiefs. I think the home crowd was very beneficial to the Chiefs, as it should be, because you're the home team. And I think it would have mattered a lot if this game was played in Orchard Park. Regular season matters, Joe. People don't like to say, oh, it's just one game out of 17. It's not. How it much, was- let me ask you this. How much did the Patriots game change? Because look, what have, we, what have we been saying all year about playing at home versus playing on the road? We've talked about the weather. And we've always been like, hey, I'd rather like the, the Bills are a passing offense. I'd rather them play in like neutral site, warm weather, domes. And then it kind of changed. And I'm not saying you're wrong, but I think it changed a little bit when they scored 47 in one degree temperature. Mm-hmm. And, like it was like, it was it, a couple of changed my mind. Like, it changed and, my and mindset. I, and, I, and, it, and it did a little bit for me as well. Um, I just can't, I, I, I can't sit there though and say like the cheap. The Bills are the better. Or the Bills are better than the Chiefs. I, I think they are. I, I think they're the better team. I, I don't. I don't agree. With I, you. I, I don't, think they're coaching Moss in the game. I, yeah, I mean, I, I get it, but it's one game. I, and I'm, the defense think, couldn't play any worse. The defense couldn't play any worse, and okay, the coaches like, cost him, and they still lost Pat, by three points. Pat, you're three and one, or one and three against the Chiefs in the last two years. I think the Chiefs were better last year. I think well, the Bills were a better team this year. What makes you think the Bills? Josh Allen. Josh Allen, were, Josh Allen. Josh Allen is a different on, level on. this year. I don't know if he was a different level. I thought he was a different level the last like three games. I, his numbers are kind of the same. Numbers. You said, sure. The number you said to me a month ago. You you actually almost killed me on Twitter 
after the Jags game, when I did a, a face-to-face, look at Josh Allen's stats, nine games this year versus nine games last year. You almost killed me on Twitter because you're like, he's not having the same year. And now you're saying he was much better because he had like two great games. I don't buy that. I don't. I think the Chiefs are a better team. They just, look, man, the Chiefs, if you want to break it down, I think Kelsey and Hill are, I think Kelsey and Hill are better than, than Diggs and Gabriel Davis right now as a duo. I agree. Like, and I, and I, agree. I, think, I think defensively, I think the Chiefs are kind of better on defense. I don't. I, well, you know what? They, 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 they had a, they, I don't know. I mean, maybe they're not. Who knows? But there's not, it's not. It's the just, Chiefs I are think, a top-heavy team. Not, the Chiefs have the better the, – they have bigger you, superstars. I, I cannot sit here and go, the Bills are better than the Chiefs based off them, the Bills losing to the Jags. The Bills got the, – the Bills ruined my bachelor party because they got killed by the Colts. <laughs> I cannot say that. Okay, I know they played – You. This is, this is where you're jumping to conclusions off of two games. And we do this all the time where it's like one it, – one series – But they anything, were playoff games. It's it's but Pat, it's two games. It's two games. Yes, they played lights out against New England. It was fan fucking tastic. But you know what? If you would have had me on this podcast, which you haven't, because you're I because you you're you don't want to give me my wedding gift, and that's why you've been avoiding me. No, I'm just kidding on that. But like if if you had me on before the New England game, the playoff game, I would have told you the Bills were gonna destroy New England. I did not buy New England. They were frauds. That defense was fraud, and they proved that. But the bottom line is I cannot sit here and say they're better. Like you're like the Bills were like, I, I don't want to say they were like, if if it, if it was the other way around and we were like the the talking Kansas City podcast and they won on that, I you could have said like the Chiefs like handed the Bills the game. The Bills had like four fourth down conversions on that final drive, fourth and thirteen, and they throw a touchdown. When does that happen? Right, but that they defended it. They they the Bills earned those. The, the, those last two plays of the game, the Chiefs just the chi- were the giving Chiefs it. that too because they all they outdid them. I'm not. I am not here to say that I cannot sit here and say in good faith that the Bills are better. Than all right, them. and I'm that's fair. That. And that's fair. And the Chiefs yesterday, the scoreboard the, the says you're Sunday, right. The scoreboard the says you're right. You and the the Chiefs look. The Chiefs they're in their fourth AFC Championship game in they're a row. They're probably going to their third straight Super Bowl in a row. Yeah. Yesterday you're, and look, it's I'm fair. Not, and, and there's no, there's nothing wrong with me saying that. I think the Chiefs are better. They just, their players were better. Let me walk I mean, it back. Let I, me walk I, I back what I said. It was horrible. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you the point here. I'm gonna give you the W yeah, give here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna walk this back. You're right. Until you beat the Chiefs, when it matters, the Chiefs are the better team. So I retract what I said, and I actually think you're right. You got to go out and you got to beat them. I think the Bills were the better team, one to fifty-three on paper, but that don't mean shit. You got to win the game when it matters. Anyway, all right. Last thing here, and you've kind what of. What does Ric Flair always say? To be, be the, the man, man, you got to beat the man. I agree. And they got to beat the man in WrestleMania. They got to beat the man in the playoffs there, man. I want to circle back to what we've talked about a little bit here and there throughout this episode, and that's uh, the Bills' window to win. I still – look, man, when you got Josh Allen, you're gonna they're going to have other chances to win for years to come. As long as he's your quarterback and he's playing at the level that he's at right now, the Bills are always going to have a good chance to win. But for me, this might have been – their best chance to win because a you had a severely flawed Kansas City Chiefs team. Okay, they're a good team, but they were flawed, and you have the you had a home game wait awaiting you thirteen seconds away against the Cincinnati Bengals, a good team, but a team that to me th- this is as far as they're getting for right now. You know, this is their next step in their maturation process. You're at home against the Bengals. You're probably going to the Super Bowl, and then in the Super Bowl, the Rams and 49ers are two good teams. But you're not going to see Tom Brady, and you're not going to see Aaron Rodgers. For me, this felt like the year where the Bills should win. And again, they're going to have other chances, but maybe not none greater than this. Next year, 
You're going to have the Bengals. They're going to be more experienced. They're going to be better for this playoff run, whether they win or lose in Kansas City. You got the Chiefs, who are right there. Um, you got the teams like uh, Lamar Jackson will be back. Baltimore was decimated by injuries this year. You got to expect Cleveland to be better. They got a great roster. Maybe they make a change at quarterback. The Patriots are making a little bit of noise. Justin Herbert's a really good quarterback. Aaron Rodgers might end up in Denver. This conference is completely loaded, man. It is loaded. And so that's the football competitive aspect, even going into next year. This is why I'm saying, man, all you got to do, you had 13 seconds left and then the Bengals at home to get to the Super Bowl. I don't think it could get handed to you much better than that. So now you go to the next year and you look at the salary cap situation and they're all right. I mean, Josh Allen's cap goes up to 16 next year, 16 million. That's not terrible. It's not terrible, but beyond that, man, and there's not a lot of like high priority free agents to worry about this upcoming off season. You got Levi Wallace, uh, Harrison Phillips. I think they'll want to resign them. Then a bunch of guys that they might not even want back anyway, guys like Hughes and Obata and Addison and Manuel Sanders. Mitch Trubisky and such. However, man, next year, after next year, Josh Allen's contract cap it goes up to 40 million and they got free agents that'll be coming up in two years, like Jordan Poyer and Dawson Knox and Devin Singletary and Tremaine Edmonds, uh, not to mention Ryan Bates. So this is coming up in two years with Josh Allen's cap going from 16 to $40 million or just under 40 million. The window We'll be there as long as Josh is playing at a high level. But they're the, the best chance that they have to win is, well, I thought it was this year, quite frankly. And maybe next year it's going to get harder to keep this core in place if that's what they want to do and they want to keep adding. The time is now, man. And this was a, a big missed opportunity, big time. Hate to what say it. What are you asking me? Are you asking me if the window is closed? No, 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 no. Do you agree? Do you do you think that right now, well, this year is over with, so there's nothing we can do about it. But like next year, it feels like you might not get a better chance to win besides this year and then next year, man. You know what I think about the cap? Like it's it's fake. I don't care what anyone says. You can re you can manipulate it, you can redo it. Okay, the Rams have been doing it for like the last seven years and they're adding all pros every damn week. <laughs> and then it took the, it took the Saints 15 years to get in a salary cap jail. It's all about adding players. Okay, now, if you want to figure out how big this window is or low or whatever the fuck you want to talk about it, you need to add more players. And, like, you somebody have to look at the youth. And I think, like, I don't know if we've talked about him. Maybe we have. Ed Oliver had a really good year. And he he was outstanding this year. Sure. Like, you need more of that. Like, I need some young guys to do well. Like, keep growing. Like, Dawson Knox, keep growing. Like, that's how your 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 window is going to expand. Part of it is. You got to keep adding players, okay? And I think with the Bills, they just have to—they just have to keep adding it. I, I don't know if next year is like I, again. I don't worry about the cap. They can rework freaking Josh Allen's deal again and make his cap lower when it. Forget gets about the cap. Forget about the okay. cap for a well, second. Well, that's all I'm telling you because I know you and and Steak Boy. I cover one is going to talk about the cap. Don't well, worry about the cap. It does don't matter. Worry about the cap. It, you're it you're ridiculous matter. with that bullshit. It does matter. No, it doesn't matter. Let's you, talk. Let's talk about football. Me. Football next Bull. year. Football next year. Right, Again, football. you had you had Lamar Jackson who was hurt. Baltimore was a good team, completely ravaged with injuries. The Browns sure. are a very good team. The Patriots seem like they're on the come up, although, quite frankly, I'm not really sold on the Patriots at all. Um, again, the Chargers with Justin Herbert, the Chiefs are still very much there. The Bengals are very much there. This is a very loaded conference. You can't take it for granted that you're going to be able to host an AFC Championship game. 
Like they were 13 seconds away from doing this year. Yeah, you can't. I mean, look, I'm not going to sit here and go. The future is like super bright. I, I'm happy for Josh Allen. I think he's he is definitely the pillar who's going to help us get there. But as I said, for every for every, you know, for every um, all these quarterbacks, Scotty, for over the last like 15 years, Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, like all with, these without guys. Be, without being specific, Joe, and without getting diving into an off season process right now, what is the single biggest thing that you think the Bills? Should do it. It doesn't have to be a specific player, but what is one position, one area right now that you think needs addressing more than any other that could take the Bills from being a team that shouldn't beat the Chiefs to a team that would beat the Chiefs? One, one area, one, one position, one, one significant thing right now. I need another. I need another weapon on offense. I need either it's a running back, tight end, another wide receiver. I think you're not going to beat the Chiefs by trying to build your defense. I think it's proven that it's proven this year. It proved it last year. I think you got to go out and just got to you got to get fire. I just told you earlier that I think Kelsey and 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 Hill are better than Diggs and your second best wide receiver right now. I think you I need agree. to go out there and you need to just fight fire with fire. Get more offense. That's what I would do. Okay, they like on on paper a de- a, a killer like monster defensive end who you're going to play every snap and not do this the rotation stuff sounds great, but it's 2022. Is Sean McDermott the right head coach for that kind of team though? I I get, I get concerned that he reverts when games get close and tight. He reverts to, to kind of almost like coaching to not lose. That's a concern of mine. I agree with you, by the way, if if I could do one thing differently this off season, it's clearly to add an epic or a weapon. Cause I agree with you. The way to beat the chiefs is to beat them 50 to 45 and eight to beat them 23, 16. I mean, look, I, I have to, Sean McDermott, they've under him, they have been aggressive. They've been inconsistently aggressive at times. Right. And he does he does panic, but I think he's I think he's uh, I think he's fine. Okay. Like I'm not trying to fire him or like I, I think he's fine as of right now. I think he does look, they they throw the ball a lot. They really do. Okay. Like, you know, and yeah, with the the fourth down aggression is kind of weird and all that sort of stuff. But I just think, you know, player players play, man. You need some really you just got to keep building, man. You just need, like I said, whether they want to do it, I, I I prefer offense. I said this after last offseason, man, that I said, hey, I prefer building the, the offense of doom. Like, just keep building weapons. And, the, and this year, like, Dawson Knox came into his own. Gabriel Davis kept getting better. Uh, QAnon Beasley got worse. Uh, you know, I, I definitely think, like, I, I'm still in that, that realm. Keep building the offense. Keep building and get another guard. Look. I know everyone, and this is where I get annoyed. I get annoyed at you. Like, you know, we talk about like, like, oh, well, like the Bills offensive line is fine now. It's a fucking month that they played well as a unit. Let's not go into like, let's just annoy Ryan Bates as being like, this is the guard of the future. And like, he's making Pro Bowls. Like, I'm glad I got better at it. You're like, great. Maybe it is. Maybe it's not. But don't risk. You know, I remember two years ago, John Feliciano came on and like, he, he was better when he started than that idiot from the Jets. I forgot his name, but like Brian Winters. Was, yeah. And he was better. And everyone was like, Oh, look, he's got the nasty edge and he likes UFC and fucking all this shit. And you know what? It was a disaster. He sucked. Yeah. So, and he became, all I'm saying is, yeah, they can probably rest on that. Maybe, but don't, don't, don't actually no, Fuck it. Don't rest. Don't rest on your laurels. Brandon Bean. you need to go out there and keep building. Okay. Like just, I would still sometimes small sample size. It was, Two, three weeks of the offensive line playing great. Okay, but let's not forget what 
let's not forget the archives of the Talking Buffalo podcast of what we said after the New England after like the first New England game or after the Jacksonville game when Josh Allen almost died. Okay, so like people get on tape, they get film. Coaches can can ruin that a little bit. You know what I mean? So yeah. I would say like build the offense. It's the 21st century, whatever century we're in now, and like we need to just build the offense. That's what I would do. I don't think I don't think you could. They have tried adding to. They spent draft picks and draft picks on assets to stop. They if they go, I will say this, man. And I'm going off season mode for one thing. If they go into like, hey, with our first pick, we're going to draft another defensive lineman. That would give them that would give them five straight defensive linemen they've drafted in the first or second round. That that's like that's kind of like Matt Millen, like Detroit Lions, three wide receivers in a row kind of thing. Like, really, dude? Are you, do you not know what you're doing? Like, you're just we're going to hit on a defensive lineman at some point. It's going to be a stud and like an edge rusher. And I, I think you you need you you if you're good at your job. Like Brandon Bean, we think he is. I think he's good at his job. You rest on those four defensive linemen that you've drafted, Oliver and all those guys. Like that's your core for the future. It, now it's time you got to get a little youth. I think you need more youth with the wide receivers. Well, you know that's what I would do. I'll I, I, I'll I'll say this. I, I agree. Well, I, you, with, and you and you cut me off. By the way, I'm gonna know you cut because me off you'll go window, on for 20 more minutes if I don't. I want to make that point one more time. <laughs> Look for every for every quarterback like Tom Brady who goes to the Super Bowl 25 times. There's the Matt Ryans, the Aaron Rodgers, the Russell Wilsons, those guys who don't go, who go like once, and that's it, and we never see them again. Right. And I'm not saying, hopefully, that's not the, the case here. So they just look. It is. It's great we have him. It's great that we know with Josh Allen, you're going to be at least a nine, ten win team at least probably. But they need some. They need a little bit more help. And I agree. I agree with you. I I think you're right. I my offseason priority would be to add another weapon. That said, and I mean we got to see how it plays out with free agency and possible trades and stuff. But if the draft was tomorrow, I'd be willing to bet my life that Brandon Bean either takes a corner or another defensive lineman uh, with the draft. But before we get out of here, man, I, I, let's wrap this up by by saying this. For me personally, this was the second most heartbreaking Buffalo sports moment that I've ever experienced in my life. Obviously, the Bills' first Super Bowl, Super Bowl twenty five against the Giants, well, that'll always be number one for me. Well, I shouldn't mm-hmm. say always, but it probably is going to be number one for me. A lot of people say the Music City Miracle, but look, I, I was surprised. Rob Johnson ain't beating Peyton Manning in Indianapolis. Exactly. You know, the yeah. Bills, to me, that was, first of all, it was a wild card round. Secondly, I don't think the Bills were a championship team that season. And uh, lastly, it was one fluke play. This was a game where I thought the Bills, I think the Bills, the Bills, by the way, I think they might have been the Vegas favorites to win the Super Bowl going into this weekend. Okay, they had a Super Bowl team right now. And again, it wasn't one fluke play like, oh my God, I can't believe this just happened. It was a series of three self-inflicted coaching decisions all in a row that they lost. And for that reason, I'm gonna, it's going to take me quite a while to get over this. And again, for me, this is the, the second most depressed I've ever been over a, a Buffalo sports moment. I don't know about you, but for me, that is... No, and by the I way, mean, one last thing, Joe, then I'm going to turn it to you to end it here. For the young fans out there listening right now who've only heard about or seen Super Bowl highlights or even the Music City Miracle 20, what was 21, 22 years ago? If you're a younger Bills fan, you only know those through watching videos and talking to other people. Now you lived it. So for the younger Bills fans, now you know what the older Bills fans have been feeling for quite a long time, and, and it fucking sucks. 
Yeah, I tweeted that after the game. Like, kids, if you wanted to know what Music City Miracle and and Wide White felt like, this was it. And it, it definitely, I'm with you. It's the second, it's the second worst thing that I. It's 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 incredible to me. It's just one of those things like you would not believe it if it, it like you. you uh, it's just, it was an uh, I. I don't have the words for it. I mean, it might be the scotch, but like I, I, I don't. Um, it was, it was terrible. It yeah. was definitely just a horrible. I do not want to go through this again. Like I don't. So if I, I really hope the Bills look at this and go, let's, let's, don't rest on your fucking laurels. Be aggressive. Take. I'm rooting. Let me just tell you this. Uh, even though I'm not going to watch, I'm done with football this year. So I'll see you when I'll see you when the XFL comes on or whatever the hell if that's coming up this year. I don't know, but. I hope like they look at this and they are aggressive and I'm, I'm rooting. Uh, why are you showing this fucking picture? I'm like, you gotta show Norwood. <laughs> Scott missing Norwood the missing the kick, man. That'll always be, I that'll cry. always be the yeah, worst. Horrible. Me, but I'm, I'm, I'm sure I'm cheering for the Rams. I hope the Rams Rams win the Super Bowl Cause if they do, I there, it's going to be one of those like F you to all the capologists out there. All those people who are like, Oh, you're going to use draft picks. What draft picks? We need this. You can't trade this. Cause they don't care about the draft. I love how they they're aggressive they are. I, I even though I hate their owner, he's a douche. But like, I hope they win it so they can show the blueprint of being aggressive and not caring about <laughs> any of this other shit. We talked about all the about. moves they made, Joe. I forgot, man. They traded for Matt Stafford. I forgot they traded yeah, for Stafford. They, they, they don't give a shit about picks. They're like, yeah, sorry, <laughs> sorry. You know, if there's Al Quinn, we don't care about your draft experts because they, you know, the the poor draft people for the Rams. There's like a Rams like cover twenty two guy who just does draft stuff. He he's got nothing to do. He's like, oh, I don't know what to do. But like, yes, they're aggressive. I would hope they would win. But yeah, look, overall, it was a horrible way to end the season. It's tra. It's, I don't say tragic, but it was sad. And I hope they're aggressive in the off season, more aggressive than last year. And you know, that's it. I don't know what to tell you. I'll say I will say this: if there's one silver lining in everything, Joe Yurden and I, before the playoffs started, both predicted Kansas City and the Rams to go to the Super Bowl. I certainly hate to be right on this, but I think Joe and I are both going to end up being right. Anyway, thank you, Joe, as always for for joining, man. Follow him on Twitter at Buffalo Wins. I'm sure I'll have you on plenty during the off season. You'll have- I'm not coming on. I'm not, I'm done with football until September. You can come have me on for like Sex in the City talk. So since I like the reboot and you hate it, have me on for that. <laughs> All right, guys, we will be back. You know what? I don't know. I might be back Wednesday or Thursday, but I'll definitely be back with a new episode, Casual Friday, with my man Joe Yurden. Talk to you guys soon. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.